Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial. This is the best of your sports talk for Monday, January the 14th. DA with you and the day after the NFL Divisional Round weekend. We now have some time to reflect on what we saw. And let's start in Foxborough, where the New England Patriots absolutely dismantle the previously 12-4 and four, and then a wild card win to move to 13-4, and four, Los Angeles Chargers. 41-28 to 28 was the final score, but anybody that watched that knows that was not indicative of just the route, the size of the blowout that the Patriots laid on the Chargers. Tom Brady looked no worse for wear after an up-and-down season throws for 343 and a touchdown, no INTs, a quarterback rating of over 106. He joined Mutt and Callahan on WEEI in Boston, and after his comments to Tracy Wolfson after the game, saying that, Nobody thought we could win. Everybody picked against us. The guys asked him, where did you get that sentiment from? Let's listen in. Tom, you got to tell us, who are we talking about here? Who thinks you suck? Who motivated you? Who drove you to this performance yesterday? Well, I think, you know, our team is, is you know, fought through a lot all year. And, you know, it's, you know, at different times, you know, over the course of a season, you have ups and downs. And I thought we were just you know, really poised to, to have a great performance. And, you know, a lot of people didn't think we could beat the Chargers, and the Chargers were undefeated on the road. And, you know, we had a lot of respect for the Chargers. They're a damn good football team. But, you know, we felt like, you know, we wanted to go out and, and really uh, play our best, make a statement. And, and uh, you know, I thought we really rose to the occasion. So that's what playoff football is all about and certainly not our first time. And, uh, you know, our coaches did such a great job preparing us and, and, uh, you know, we're going to need the same type of effort this week. Uh, are we talking former players like on NFL Network or ESPN or local guys or fans? Who who pissed you just, off? I just think it's just the general, you know, just kind of what's, you know, generally said about our team. And, and um, But how you know. do you know? You you don't listen. You live in your bubble. You go to bed early. You don't listen to talk radio. <laughs> how do you know? Oh, it's just a question you get asked and the, the, you know, I mean, we have TVs on from time to time, so I don't think you're completely immune to anything, but, um, you know, I just know a lot of people didn't think we'd, we could win yesterday, and I'm sure a lot of people don't think we could win in Kansas City. That's true. If you played that card last week, get ready to play it again, pal, because uh, everyone's going to be picking the Chiefs. Yeah, and that, you know, they could pick whoever they want, and, you know, it's a, Kansas City is a great football team. They really are. We played them at home. You know, they've been they've been having an incredible season. You know, even the games they've lost, they've been right in them till the end. So, it, anything less than our best, uh, you know, won't won't make it this week. 
and uh you know it's a it's a tough place to play and uh you know we just got to be as mentally and physically prepared be as mentally and physically tough and go in there and try to beat a great football team you said your team's fought through a lot of adversity this year tom how how has the response been from your group it, it seems like yesterday is an example of uh ready right out of the gate knowing what you're prepared for in that playoff game yeah and a lot of you know a lot of great a lot of guys really stepped up played great games for us and uh you know, offensively, we got off to a fast start, and it was great. And defensively, I thought they played so well, you know, against really a very, very talented, you know, San Diego team. I mean, great receivers, tight ends, backs. And, you know, our defense really stepped up to the challenge. So that's what it's going to take again. You know, it's it's really, uh, you know, similar type of team in Kansas City. You know, great offense, great weapons, um, you know, solid defense that plays well at home. So, it's a uh, it's a big it's a big task. It's a tough game, but that's what you expect this time of year. I mean, there's no easy games with four teams left. You're playing against the best, you know, the top two seeds advanced, and uh, in both conferences, and and uh, you know, it speaks a lot to to playing well over the course of a long season. And you know, the team that plays the best on Sunday is the one that advances, and you advance to something pretty special. So you just got to lay it all on the line, and we've come a long way. Uh, made it this far, and and uh, you just got to lay it all out there on the line one, one more week. Tom Brady is great because Tom Brady finds slights and finds motivation everywhere. I just think it's just a general, you know, just kind of what's, you know, generally said about our team. I think it's pretty disingenuous for anybody on the Patriots to suggest that nobody thought they could win. I mean, they were the favorite in the game. Vegas installed them as the favorite. You know, I just know a lot of people didn't think we we could win yesterday. The odds makers that obviously build casinos based on this type of information build them as the superior team on that given day in that stadium. So nobody thought we could win. I mean, this is not exactly Super Bowl three here, Tom. This is not exactly a twenty point underdog story. This isn't exactly Appalachian State against Michigan in the big house. You're the Patriots, you're at home, and you're the favorite. But, hey, whatever works, right? That's what playoff football is all about. Certainly not our first time. What works so well? Well, the Patriots defensively completely stymied Phillip Rivers of the passing attack. But also, offensively, they did whatever they wanted to the Chargers' defense. And Los Angeles' D just was no match of the ground game and the short passing attack that Brady and the running backs put on them. So when you look at this split, how the Patriots at home this year were 9-0 in the regular season, and now an easy blowout win in the divisional round of the playoffs over the Chargers, versus their 3-5 and road record, what is it that makes the Patriots just so devastating at home? What is it that the Patriots do to opponents in that house? Well, they're going to be on the road this week getting Kansas City. But Ryan Lilja, offensive lineman of both the Colts and the Chiefs for a number of years in the 2000s and the early part of this decade, had a couple of big-time bouts, many of them, against the Patriots. He joined our friends Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler on Sports Radio 610, my old home in Kansas City, to discuss what it's like to go up in the postseason against this Pat squad. <laughs> happens to them on the road why are they so much so much more beatable i guess on the road than they are at home in the postseason 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think their, their road record this year um, is pretty slanted like that. They um, Did they go undefeated at home this season, this regular season, mm-hmm, Bob? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, listen, different teams respond differently to, to uh, home and road games. But uh, this New England team, I think, is, is built again on that model that you start fast, um, you know, you, you play with the lead. <clears throat> and... Um, I don't listen, Arrowhead's a tough place to play. Just ask these guys uh, a few years ago, right before they went on to Cincinnati. I mean, we all we all remember that game and what this team did to um, Tom Brady and how this defense made him look. And Bob Sutton was that defensive coordinator. And um, so it's it's uh, it's not outside of the realm of possibility to um, to make these guys go home crying again. But um, for an AFC Championship game and a team that's that's been to um, almost double digit Super Bowls. Uh, with the same coach and quarterback, you know, you, you, you don't it, just because you're hosting them at home doesn't mean much, okay? Because this team is, has shown that they can win several different ways um, year in and year out. So uh, you have to play your best game, worry about your record, worry about what you can control. And, and this team that's coming in, they're going to play their games. They're going to they're going to act like they're going to be the whiny underdog, and everybody thinks they suck and and whatnot. But um, this team has had the luxury of not getting to use that excuse ever in their career. So it's, it's uh, let them have that one and come in and focus up for a team that's going to try to shut down um, Kelsey. I would imagine they're going to have a wrinkle for you. They're going to have a pressure or two. They certainly did for uh, they to get to wait to figure it out. Um, and, and as good as the Chiefs looked against the Colts, the, the, the Patriots looked looked as good against the Chargers yesterday. Ryan, when you played, obviously the Patriots were kind of your nemesis. I mean, there's there's no ways about it. You guys had those battles with them all the time. What were they always able to do that you know w- w- was able to beat you guys? Like what was their what was their mo during that time? You know, it, it changed, and that's what's so impressive about the, that team is is uh, they've got continuity all over the place in that organization. And, again, they can beat you different ways. Um, but but the, the overarching theme of it, Bobby, was they typically didn't, didn't beat themselves. They didn't make mistakes themselves. Adam Vinatieri didn't miss any field goals when he was with the Patriots. He didn't miss many when he was with the Colts either. But, um, you know, it's not a team that beats themselves particularly in big, in big games. Okay? And you're not going to see that. You're not going to see New England or Tom Brady or Bill um, Belichick or anybody – uh, cost themselves a game. It's going to come down to who executes the game plan better, and they'll have something drawn up. I mean, they just will. That's that's what they're good at. And, and the thing about them is that um, they stick to it. They're patient with it. Okay, and a lot of other teams, a lot of other, uh, they don't have that luxury. But this team will stick to a game plan. They'll buy in. They'll believe in it, and uh, they'll stick to it. And they'll try to beat you that way. Um, and, and they're successful more times than not. So, uh, again. But this Chiefs team is good enough, I feel like, and the defense is playing well enough. You'd like to see the special teams unit improve uh, and contribute this week. But offensively, there's so many weapons. Patrick Mahomes is so good when he gets outside the pocket and he's playing jazz and he's improvising and the receivers are trying to rerouting. Uh, they're explosive, and Andy Reid allows them to do that. This New England team is um, they're going to be a tough. They're going to be a tough one to handle. They beat you by being better coached and executing better and not making mistakes and waiting for you to make the mistake and then capitalizing. And that is the biggest part of the game plan for the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Yeah, they get to play at Arrowhead, which is great. And yes, the Patriots are not nearly as diabolical on the road as they are at home. 
But if the Chiefs make a mistake, the Patriots will capitalize. Kansas City, to win this game, must play a perfect game, even if they are at home. The Chiefs and Patriots are still playing. So are the Rams and the Saints. But the defending Super Bowl champions are not. The Philadelphia Eagles are going home after losing in New Orleans. And that means that the Nick Foles question is very real right now. What ends up happening with Foles this offseason now that the offseason has begun for the Eagles? Doug Peterson made his final call of the season to Angelo Cataldi in the morning show on WIP. And if you really listen, it sounds like the end for Foles in Philadelphia if you listen to how Peterson frames it. What are your feelings about Nick after an, another great run? Well, I can't say enough good things about Nick and, and uh, you know, for him to come here and and, 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 and be the backup behind Carson, um, you know, and then, and then to do the things he's done the last two years. I mean, it's, um, like I said, I can't thank him enough. I mean, so... He's a, he's a he's a pro's pro. He's a he's a great human being and and a great leader in the locker room. And um, you know he'll always be remembered in in Philadelphia for uh, you know bringing a Super Bowl uh, to the city. So a um, lot of a lot of a lot of great things with him. And and uh, you know we've got these next few uh, few weeks, few months to make some tough decisions. But uh, you know we'll make them at that point. Hey Doug, um, why was the offense so effective early and less so after that? Yeah, it's something I've I thought about. I mean, gosh, after the game on the plane right home this morning, um, you know, I, I do have to credit credit the Saints. I mean, they 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 got after us a little bit there in that second quarter. I did I did think that uh, you know the the interception um, uh, in the second quarter, the throw to Ertz, we had a he had a step or two on the on the on the corner, uh, and the ball was just a little underthrown and felt at that point I mean we still had some had some momentum but at that point it felt like the tide was kind of turning in the game and um, <clears throat> we just offensively just we struggled to, to kind of establish the run game there at that point and um, you know just couldn't get get on track but I do credit the Saints I mean the Saints did a did a nice job of, of, of stopping the run and, and forcing us to throw the ball and we just didn't make enough plays you said it was the toughest of the three seasons you've been the coach of the Eagles could you tell us why, and can you tell us what you can do to maybe make it a little easier next year? Well, I think the biggest thing from a, from a coaching standpoint was the amount of injuries that piled up this season. The, the 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 amount of starters that went on IR. I look I look around, and there's Jalen Mills and Derek Barnett, and you know, I mean, you know, Ronald Darby. I mean, we're talking about you know Rodney McLeod, even Jay Chai. Let's go down the list: Corey Clement, Josh Sweat, Chris Marigos. I mean. It, Go down the list. Those are those are starters. Those are guys that that have played a lot of minutes this year. And so, you know, from my standpoint, having to, you know, work with Howie and Joe Douglas and, and get guys in here, whether we bring guys off the practice squad or sign sign somebody like a Craven LeBlanc, you know, um, who had just been released and, and bring them into our fold and and and, and get them caught up and play. It, it's tough to manage that and and. Um, you know, so I felt like that this season, just being able to, to to kind of juggle all of that, you know, was was tough. And and um, you know, it's one thing to have all those pieces in place and and go seven and nine like we did our first year, you know, um, and and you can you can continue to coach and 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 keep those guys coming along, and then and then to do what we did last year, you can see what happens when all those guys are are there and they're playing you you can 
you can win a championship like we did a year ago and then and then this season to to be able to pull from a lot of different areas um to make sure you have a healthy 46 guys on on game day and managing all that is is difficult so you know obviously moving forward you can't control injury in this game it's going to happen it's it's a part of the game but i feel like that uh you know, uh, I'll be better. You uh, know, moving forward, just being able to manage all those pieces and and uh, you know, and, and and getting guys prepared and, and ready to go. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You can just tell that the feelings that that coaching staff, that that head coach, that those players feel towards Foles is so earnest and so real and so deep that how he treats people inside that locker room has really resonated and then obviously playing well when it matters most. I'm telling you, when they are driving down the field, down six, 20 to 14, under two minutes to play, and they're going to be at nearly the 20-yard line if Alshon Jeffrey hauls in that pass, I'm saying the Eagles are scoring here. Nick Foles is going to do it again. The Eagles are scoring. It just depends on how much time is left for Breeze and the Saints offense. And the pass, which was perfect to Jeffrey, goes through his hands and is intercepted by Marshawn Lattimore. Foles deserves a shot somewhere, and maybe it's Jacksonville, maybe it's Denver, maybe it's somewhere else. But what Foles did with that team and the way that he rallied the troops and had them believing every single week that he started was really a sight to behold. He's a pro's pro. He's a, he's a great human being and great leader in the locker room. Another team going home after losing in the divisional round this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys. They get taken out by the L.A. Rams. And so Jason Garrett had his weekly spot with Sean and R.J. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And I think the big question is, how would he assess Dak Prescott in his second postseason? Dak got two games this time around versus only the one game a couple of years ago in his first playoffs. And then also the staff, because Chris Richard, his defensive coordinator, has gotten looks as a head coach. Scott Linehan, his offensive coordinator, has taken a lot of flack and criticism from fans and media in the town. And Jason Garrett himself was called out by T.O. Terrell Owens tweeting at Jerry Jones that at this point in time, two playoff wins in 10 years, not good enough. Garrett should be fired. So what about all of that swirling around the Cowboys right now? Coach, it looked like as the year went on, Dak got better, uh, you know, passing over the middle, downfield a little bit more. H- how are you um, with where he is as a player right now, how he progressed this year? Oh, he does so many great things for our team and has such a positive impact on our team in so many ways, you know, with his performance, uh, but also with his leadership and how he guides this team. Uh, there's no question every area of his game can improve and must improve, and he'd be the first one to tell you that. And, and I do think, you know, as he got more comfortable with the guys around him and as a, the, the lineup kind of solidified around him that he knew Amari was going to be out there, he knew Gallup was going to be out there, he knew Cole Beasley would be out there. And uh, I just 
just think he became more and more confident in those guys and his willingness to cut the ball loose. And I think the development of the tight ends and his confidence in them then grew over the course of the year as they played together more. So I think all that stuff fits together. Uh, but again, uh, he's as hard a working guy as we have in our building, and uh, there's, there's no one who's more driven to get better than he is. Coach, do you expect Scott Linehan to return? Uh, I do. Uh, you know, we don't anticipate any significant changes uh, on our staff. Obviously, we're still evaluating everything on our football team. It's still 36 hours after the ball game. But, uh, you know, we're going to keep kind of, you know, trying to grow uh, as a staff and as a football team. And we'll evaluate what we did and, and just keep trying to get better. How positive do you feel about the possibility of Coach Richard returning, even though uh, there were some other interests out there in him? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, obviously, Chris has done an excellent job for us, and you know that 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 interest from other teams is warranted. Uh, his impact on our team has been significant, and he went through that process interviewing with, with some of those teams last week. And we'll just see how all that stuff plays out. And of course, you are coming back, correct, Coach? Uh, I'm certainly excited about the challenge. Yes. Look, I don't think you can fire Jason Garrett now. I mean, if he had missed the playoffs like previous years, fine. If he was one and done, fine. But this year, they actually took off after they traded for Amari Cooper. And they make the playoffs. They win the division. They win a playoff game in impressive fashion over the Seahawks. I just don't think this is the time to fire him. And I have been critical of Garrett in the past. But this is finally the year where he got to the playoffs and won a playoff game. And they played well when it mattered most in December. So I'm keeping Jason Garrett for the time being, at least for one more year. But at this point in time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's a great head coach, but I think he deserves to keep his job as mediocre as he might be. I'm certainly excited about the challenge, yes. As the A-B turns in Pittsburgh, they can't stop talking about what happens to Antonio Brown after Brown requested a trade from the Steelers. He wants out, apparently feuding with Ben Roethlisberger. A 93-7 the fan in Pittsburgh, the guys debate... Emmanuel Sanders critique criticisms of Ben Roethlisberger as Sanders joined NFL game day on NFL network over the weekend and pretty much opened up about his critiques and his problems with the Steelers QB. Everybody's making the rounds. Everybody's got to talk about AB. Everybody's got something to say. And Emmanuel Sanders had this. Something that, that a lot of people not even talking about. And I, I promise you this situation got way worse. I, I bet when ben, big Ben, uh, said that A.B. has to come flat on that play instead of this is the leader right. of the team. In and, Denver. And, and, and you're going to throw somebody under the bus when you could have handled that interview totally different be like, it's my fault, whole nine yards. You didn't even have to throw Antonio Brown's name in that right. or even say that he had to do that. We and just got to make why. that play. He, you literally <laughs> took pressure off you and put that whole situation on Antonio Brown. I bet Antonio Brown was frustrated. Frustrated. But it gets stronger. Here, Emmanuel Sanders... He starts to go down the road a little bit, and then then he decides, you know what, I'm on NFL game day here. I, I've got it on NFL Network. I, they, they're starting to look at me. Everybody in this studio is starting to look at me. Now the camera's hot. No. You know what? I better just just push that pedal to the floor. Here we go. To me, all, all of that is disrespectful. I, I would take all of that as disrespect. As a wide receiver. I, yeah. I remember talking to Mike Wallace. And me and Mike Wallace were talking about this situation. I said, if Ben called me out on a radio show the next day, I would literally walk up to him in the locker room and say, hey, man, like, don't do that. Keep my name out of your mouth. Even when the game versus us, the rookie receiver, he threw the rookie receiver in the bus. It's like you're the leader of this team. Be a leader. 
And uh, that's the reason why my comments when I first became a Denver Bronco and I said Peyton Manning is a far better leader than being Roethlisberger, that's the reason why all that now is coming to fruition. I don't, I don't lie. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate anybody. You know, I just speak the truth, and that's the truth. No one with the Steelers likes ben Ra- Ben's radio show except for Ben. And I love it. I love it, too. I'm uh, not going to be hypocritical here. I agree. We, we want and you want to hear these guys tell you exactly what they're thinking, and Ben says it, uh, which is a credit to him. And, you know, as far as this criticism, you know, oh, he criticized his rookie receiver. And then James Washington went on to play a lot better after the criticism. Antonio Brown, I don't know if he has a coach or anyone actually coaches him over at the Steelers. Well, maybe Ben has to bring that out to bring it to his attention because no one else will. Hey, I wish Ben would throw fewer picks. I don't wish he'd stop telling the truth. Right. Yeah, ben and is why th- is it so tough for these receivers to hear the truth? They all have to be treated, and you know, Manuel must be the same way. If anyone's ever critical of him, he'll lose his mind because he's such a little baby. These guys are little prima donna babies. They need to grow up. You think Terry Bradshaw went up to Lynn Swan and Stallworth all the time? You know what? It's on me. It's okay. You ran the wrong route, but that's all right. It, what, just go on, with man. it, Jeff. You're doing well. Go ahead. Keep, keep Continue here. This is good. I like this. Um, but you know what? Ben is, I've said this before, Ben is the, the biggest human in the world who's ever lived that has a Napoleon complex. Like there's no, <laughs> I, I, He really is. But that said, he's not wrong here. He isn't wrong in this regard. He wasn't wrong what he said about James Washington. He's not wrong about the things and the critical comments that he comes forward with on the radio show because he's asked by Ron and he's asked by Joe and Andrew before then, and all three gentlemen have done a wonderful job on that show, and I think that can't be pointed out enough. He's asked to give a truthful answer, and he does. And I find it impossible to believe that those same sentiments aren't pushed forward in the locker room before they're set on this radio Look, you can argue that the quarterback sometimes gets too much credit and too much blame. But look, the fact of the matter is this. Ben Roethlisberger is likely going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's likely going to be in Canton. And none of those wide receivers that have ever been upset with Ben Roethlisberger will be along with him. Whether it's Antonio Holmes or Mike Wallace or Emmanuel Sanders or now Antonio Brown, all of these guys are lesser players than Ben. Now, Antonio Brown has been great. And could he be on a trajectory to be in the Hall of Fame one day? Yes. But if he gets traded, you're telling me that he's just going to pick up where he left off? And you're telling me right now that in an era with Julio Jones and Odell Beckham and other great wide receivers that you're automatically putting Antonio Brown in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. And I've said this before. Careful what you wish for, A.B. You end up getting traded to a losing team, you will fall off the face of the earth in terms of relevance and you'll be even more frustrated. And that brings us to a potential destination, Detroit and the Lions. Our final cut comes to us from 97-1, the ticket in Detroit. As they discuss a recent list that suggested the Lions could be the perfect destination for Antonio Brown. Oh, really? The Lions, Stoney. Yes. Uh, we, we heard this at the tail end of our show on Friday, and I know Doug and Gator talked about it that uh, they, they made the odds most likely landing spots for Antonio Brown. And the Lions were second on the list mm-hmm. of most likely landing spots for Antonio right. Brown. Right. These weren't Carson Anderson odds. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. It was like a, who, who was it again? Either Bovada or one of those companies. So um, I don't know exactly. Yeah. I don't know um, 
what that's based upon or if that's even, uh, I don't think you can bet on it, first of all. Um, but uh, what was your take when you heard about that? Uh, we, like we talked about this, you know, last week before, you know, what would you give up? And we talked about what flip flop and first round draft choices because the Steelers have the 20th, mm-hmm. the Lions have the eighth, and maybe the Lions have to throw in maybe a second or third round pick to do it. And we said, yeah, that would be a good move. Um, I don't think the Lions are going to go after Antonio Brown. I mean, look, Bob Quinn said they need playmakers. I just don't see the way the Lions do things here that Antonio Brown would be somebody with his personality that they would go after. The, uh, I, I'd be in favor of it, even though there is a downside because he's not the, exactly the greatest guy in the locker room, but he is a hard worker. He gets himself ready to shape, and he's one of the best wide receivers in football. The uh, the, the thing was my bookie sports book, so at BetMyBookie okay. on Twitter, uh, they had Atlanta number one at plus 400, the Lions, the Jets at plus 500, and the Raiders and Colts at plus six hundred. So again, this just, it's just it's just having fun with right. the situation. Look, the Lions need a playmaker. There's no doubt about that. I like their wide receivers. Obviously, Antonio Brown would be an upgrade over anybody they have on the roster right now. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head there, Stoney. I, I my concern with Antonio Brown is if he is a problem in the Steeler locker room, which is year in and year out, one of the most stable football environments that exists in the National Football League, then what would he be like in the Lions locker room, which has not exactly been um, this rock of stability over the years? True, but a lot of his problems have been with Roethlisberger, as we're finding out now. And maybe Stafford's personality or lack thereof might actually suit Antonio Brown more. Jamie and Stoney are right. You're going to put Antonio Brown, who has had problems with a Hall of Fame quarterback, who is within a franchise that has the same head coach and that competes for the division every single year and has six Vince Lombardi trophies in their trophy case. You're going to tell me that he's going to be happier playing for a Lions team that's won one playoff game in 25 years? You're telling me that he's going to be happier playing with Matthew Stafford, who has been very good at times, but also very erratic? You're telling me he's going to be happy playing for Matt Patricia again. I want to repeat this. AB, careful what you wish for. You think you're frustrated now? Wait till you join a team that wins less than you're doing or have a quarterback that's worse than is throwing to you right now or a coach that has not had the stripes and the pelts that Mike Tomlin has had. Careful what you wish for. The divisional round of the playoffs for the NFL over. But that just means we've got AFC and NFC championship games coming up this Sunday. More as we make our way along the week. I'm DA, your host for Around the Dial. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.